It's not just a story. It's a living, breathing, walking testimony. Love a guy so good, he made his home in glory. For the world he loved, for the world that he so loved. It's not just a story.
Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
Good morning to you on this beautiful day. This is actually the birthday of the Christian church. It's Pentecost Sunday, where God sent this Holy Spirit to be powerful in your life and my life and wants to move throughout this church into our community. Uh, the reading for today is from Psalm 19, and it's entitled, To the Choir Master, A Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the earth. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. God's word for us. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, for that peace that you give us through every time we pick up the scriptures and read it. And Lord, this morning we ask for that peace because we know that this world is broken and we're just as broken as it is. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we're in, the message we're going to hear, the music we're singing, and our fellowship together. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. Come on up. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about creation, and God created the world. And you know what? When he started, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when, when God first started, everything was, was dark and formless, kind of like this black curtain. And then when God wanted to create, he spoke. So God spoke the world into existence, kind of like that. Pretty awesome, huh? Can't believe that actually worked. Let's try something else. Let there be a cappuccino. Look at that. Ah, and it was good. Yeah. What else should we ask for? What do you think? Boys, if you could, yeah, what would you ask for? A toy? Let there be a, I better set something down here so I don't, what if it comes flying over? I better set that on the floor. All right. Let there be a toy. No? All right. Something else. Is there anything else? What? A sun? Is that what you said? Like the sun up in the sky? I don't think I could catch that. We all might get burnt. Well, let's try it. Let there be the sun. No? All right. Well, you know what? I'm not that amazing. In case you didn't know, I had someone behind the curtain helping me. Just to kind of let the secret out. I know, you're surprised. But you know what? God is that amazing. Because when God speaks, things happen. Stuff is made. And you know what? So... So God spoke the world into existence, and then Jesus spoke, and things happened too. There were, Lazarus was dead in the grave, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus was alive and came walking out of the grave. There was a man who was paralyzed, laying on a mat, couldn't walk. And Jesus said, get up and walk, and he did. So Jesus speaks and makes things happen. And you know what? Jesus said some really important things from the cross to us. Jesus said, it is finished. And it is. Everything that he came to do to give us life with him and forgiveness of sin was finished on the cross. There's nothing that we can do to earn it or make it happen. Just like God created life in the beginning, Jesus gives us new life from the cross. And all we have to do is trust in him and we have life with Jesus forever. That is pretty amazing. That's better than a cappuccino or a toy, right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for making the world, for creating life, and for giving us new life in you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. And you can head on back to your seats. And good morning to all of you again. Glad you're with us in worship. A very special welcome to our guests uh, we're delighted that you're with us, and we want you to come on back and keep worshiping with us, uh, but we'd like to get to know you before you leave today. So stop at Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area. It's just on the way towards the doors that go out, and I'd uh, like to meet you, greet you, and give you a gift. Some of the things that are going to be taking place during the worship service, example, we, we have prayer time. And if you have a prayer request that you would like included in the service today, you can actually text those up to, let's have it up on the screen if you would, 
coming. There it is. 402-242-5051, a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of concern, and we will have it in the worship service as well. And we're also going to have communion, the Lord's Supper today. Here at 1C, we believe it is a gift that God gives. It's bread and wine, body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that's your belief, we'd love for you to join us and to celebrate this good and gracious gift. Uh, we have a couple more announcements. Let's watch one that's going to be a video. Hey guys, let's pray before we eat. God is great. God is good. Thank you for our food. In his hands we are fed. Thank you, God, for our daily bread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hi, George. Oh, hi, everybody. Do I smell sandwiches? Uh, yeah. Mm. Nom, 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 nom. Little ideas. They got sandwiches. You know what that makes me think is that we got a food truck BBS coming in June, you guys. We got a food truck BBS. What? What? When's that happening? Great question, Gethsemane. It's happening two weeks in June. Yes, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. Yes, we are getting so excited for food, fun, and music. That's right, little Inez. It's all about Jesus. And food. <laughs> Where is it happening? Oh, good question, Josh. We got two places. One is the Evergreen, and the other is the Carriage House, because we are taking VBS to the streets, yo. That's right. We're taking it to the streets, little Agnes. Mm -hmm. What kind of help do you need from us? Good question, Ruben. Little Agnes, tell them what one thing the families can do. Yes. Come as families. Kids, remember to bring your parents. This food truck is for the whole family. Oh, thanks for the cookie game. Oh, Naaman, you got cookies. That reminds me. Families, we need cookies for VBS. Yes, so many cookies. Every kind of cookie. We need them. We need cookies. So if you want to sign up, you can help by making cookies for us, too. Just go to Planning Center or the 1C website to sign up to help. What do you think, kids? Well, their mouths are full of food, so that thing's, I think that's a good thing, Midlanders. Yeah. All right, well, let's get out of here and we'll see you at BBS. Wait, Josh, give me a bite. <laughs> So Food Truck Party VBS is going to be a lot of fun. VBS in the neighborhood, two different locations in June. Go to our website, oncechurch.com. Click on Next Steps. Go to, one, go to the church center. Sign up. Even if you can only come one of the days. Uh, we're looking for junior high helpers, high school helpers, families to come together. Or if you just want to bake cookies, make sure you go to the, the website, go online, sign up. And there's more information on there as well. And then my last announcement is I would love to have your prayers. Um, I love, my, I love my 1C family. I love my call here to 1C Church. And although I've not been seeking a call, uh, last Sunday a church in Minnesota extended a call to me to serve as their director of Christian education. That does not mean I have to take the call, but it does mean that I have two calls to discern what God is doing in all of this. Um, so I have a call here as your director of discipleship. Um, and then I have a call to um, South Shore Trinity in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. 
So please pray for me. Again, I love my call here to 1C Church. I, I've loved serving you over these last seven years. And so please pray. Pray for us as a congregation. Pray for South Shore Trinity, the people there. Pray for my family as we spend some time praying and discerning what God is doing in all of this. And we truly want to hear Jesus' voice and follow him wherever he leads us. So please pray for us. Thank you. Yeah. Amen, amen. It's a kind of an unearthing time because you start evaluating yourself and what you feel God is doing. So keep bragging all the, the different thing, people that you just heard, the churches involved and ultimately the kingdom of God. Oh, what, oh one more announcement. Um, joy baskets. During the next song, we're going to be passing these baskets. And it really is a beautiful reminder of two really important things, maybe three. Number one, all of us are blessed. Number two, God takes great delight when we show how thankful we are. And third, that we pray, Lord, lead, guide, and direct us that we would do what you want us to do in showing our thanksgiving. So may God bless our time together as we continue to worship our Lord.
trusting in that God in and all and through all circumstances. And as we prepare now to receive Holy Communion, God calls us to examine ourselves, to get honest with who we are and our great need. And we're going to profess and confess that great need in the words that will be up on the screen. Would you join with me? I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And very specifically, I want to draw your attention to what we just shared, that because of Jesus and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And he takes your sin as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. May we remember that and live in that assurance today and tomorrow and always. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with the distribution, just a reminder again, if you are in the two outer sections, make your way out towards the wall and then come around. If you're in the two center sections, Feel free to make two lines coming forward as we celebrate this meal together. Amen.
understood I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should But Lord, I hope this day is good Well, Lord, have you forgotten me? Well, I'm praying to you faithfully I'm not saying I'm a righteous man But Lord, I hope you understand I don't need fortune and I don't need fame Sit down the thunder, Lord, sit down the rain But when you're planning just how it will be Plan a good day for me Lord, I hope this day is good I'm feeling empty and misunderstood I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should, but Lord, I hope this day is good. may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that we are able to uh, bring all of our cares and worries and lay them at the foot of the cross. Prayers for healing for Parker and prayers for wisdom for his doctors to figure out his issues and for successful treatment. Prayers for safe travel 
for all of our families on the road and all those who are traveling this holiday weekend. Prayers for the family of Mavericks Dunn. Comfort them in these days ahead. Let us give thanks and praise for all of our military service members and remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in preserving our freedom. A prayer of thanks for all the blessings in my life, Lord. A prayer of a happy birthday for Joe as he celebrates his 19th birthday. Prayers for the group at SOS. May they remain strong during their recovery. A prayer of gratitude for the fun and amazing week of blast. Bless the staff, the teachers, and all the kids who have fun with while building their lives around sound truth and sharing the love of God. A prayer for all those who have lost loved ones as we remember them this Memorial Day weekend. May your love comfort us and let peace replace sorrow. Lord, we just thank you for the prayers spoken and the ones unspoken on our hearts. For you even know what lays heavy upon us and help us to just trust you and lay it at your feet. We just thank you for that, Lord. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When I think about Memorial Day weekend, um, I'll just say as a kid growing up, I really didn't get it. But the older I get, and when I realize that there are people who laid their life on the line so that we can have our freedoms in our country, the older I get, the more I appreciate that. And also with that, it kind of keeps pointing me over to this Jesus who laid down his life for you and me so that we can have freedom from sin, from death, and even from the devil. That is a gift that God gives for us. Now as we uh, embark on a new sermon series entitled Genesis, um, it actually came as a result of a conversation I had with somebody saying, you know what? I'd like to know the basics of the Bible. They said they don't know a lot of the ins and outs of it, but they would love to hear and to learn about the basics. And I, and I thought about, there's nothing more basic than the book of Genesis. Because Genesis really outlines so much of our theology today. Think about this. The theology of the creator who made the heavens and the earth, who decided then to make Mankind in their image. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, so that's a first, right? This creation. And then we also find the first when it comes to sin. Sin came into the world. We can read it in the book of Genesis. We see the effect of that. And it was the beginning of this, what I call, black thread that is woven throughout the entire human history. But we also find the gospel promise in the book of Genesis the promise that God is going to do something about that sin so that people like you and me 
can have freedom from sin, but also life with him forever. And then so on. And there's so much in the book of Genesis. So we're really going to do a flyover uh, throughout the, the, the months of summer. So I encourage you to come every week because we're going to be taking a look at all kinds of things. I uh, want to start out with, a, uh, I think, a very interesting time in my life. There was a, um, a young man, he's about, he was about 80 years old at the time, who said, Pastor, can I sit down with you? I want to talk to you about the book of Genesis. Okay. And I kind of knew where he was coming from even before he made his way to my office. And you have to picture, here's a guy 80 years old with severe Parkinson's. He can barely walk. His gait, you know how he walks, is like this. And he's got his briefcase in his hand, and he comes, and I'm watching him because I could see, you know, the parking lot and where he's coming from, and literally it takes him about five minutes to get from his car all the way to my door. And I had a table in my office, and he, he would come, and he would take books out and put them all over, and we are going to have a conversation of how the world was created. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, he was what's called an old earth person, which means he believes the world is like millions of years old. I'm a young earth person, which I believe it's around 6,000 years old. But we decided to have a conversation and to do what is called critical thinking. I wanted to make sure I had a definition in front of me because I... This is important stuff, folks, because I don't think we do this as a church enough. Critical thinking is this. Objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. Critical thinking. So for a little bit more than a year, probably a year and three months, then he actually got sick and he passed away. But for every, probably every month, maybe five, every five, six weeks, he would come into my office, again, carrying something new for me to kind of look at and read. But we made a promise to each other. And there were a couple premises that we just, we were going to hold and not budge on. Number one, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth? The almighty God, right? He could speak into, into uh, um, reality, whatever he wants to speak. So if he said, let there be light, there's light. God did that. We were also going to be respectful of the other person's opinion. And so we traveled through that. But then thirdly, I kind of threw this in at the end. I said, you know, I, don't, I didn't do very well in science class. But one thing I do remember is that science continues to reveal new knowledge all the time. So I asked him, is there a chance that science is going to show you something somewhere down the road that might kind of challenge your current thinking? And he nodded yes. So we made our way through. I didn't convince him of, of uh, young earth. He didn't convince me of old earth. But we had this really important conversation. I'm just going to tell you, folks, I wish all of us would be ready and willing to do that with, with people. Because I think sometimes they look at the church and say, you, you have a bias, and you, you will not talk with anybody that has a different opinion than you. And I really think it's important for us to be ready and willing and able to do that. 
So that's why we want to take time in worship, and we're going to talk about Genesis. And if you know the first three words, anybody know the first three words in the book of Genesis? In the beginning, and that's exactly what the name means. In the beginning, when it all started. And just so you're aware, and this is something that you, I bump into every time I start studying Genesis, the word the is actually not in the original Hebrew language. It just really starts in beginning. And I know that seems weird to start out that way, but Moses, who God used, was moved by the Holy Spirit to give us some very important things. You see, the word beginning um, in the Hebrew context of this sentence puts it all together and says there is only a beginning. And so the word the is not necessary, but for our English use, you kind of throw it in there so it kind of rolls with it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the world. So let's pause and look at the words, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Uh, again, the Hebrew kind of helps us understand the word nihil is in there. And it just means there was, there was a nothingness there. And I would almost say that what was really present was just chaos that was going on in the universe. It just was chaotic. There was not a form or a fashion. Things weren't put together. And so God stepped into that moment, and we're told that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What do you think about when you hear the word hover? I think about my mom. She's up in heaven. She was a helicopter mom. Anybody know, you don't, not, don't admit or don't point to somebody, but do you know of somebody that was a helicopter mom, which means they're watching your every move? My mom had to do that. You know my storyline. I was like all over the place. So she would kind of hover over me. And that's the image that we have of this God. In fact, the word um, hovering comes from the Hebrew, which means rachaf. And he hovers. He is so attentive. He cares about what's going to happen and what is happening. He is very much hovering over all of this. And what does this remind us of the God today? You see, there, there were um, religious people about 200 years ago, and even today, that are deists. And deism just says this. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, but he is not hovering over it. He's kind of like the watchmaker in the sky, right? He says, okay, earth, here it is. I'm going to wind it up. And then I'm going to leave, and I'll come back when this is over. That's not the picture we find in Genesis. We have a God who is very attentive. A God who understands what's going on. A God that is looking at his creation all the time. In fact, in Deuteronomy 32, we find that the Lord guarded his people as the apple of his eye, like, the, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. 
I'll say one of the things I bump into in ministry a lot, and I'll just say in light of one of the prayers that were spoken, when a three-month-old dies suddenly, I'll just tell you the temptation for that and other circumstances is where is God? It doesn't feel like he's hovering over this family right now. Their loss is great, and maybe you could fill in your own loss. But I think it's a great reminder. There is a God that, who looks over and is attentive, and he's loving his people. We are the apple of his eye. But what's kind of intertwined with all of this is sin that is being woven throughout the course of human history. Sin means bodies aren't perfect. Sin means death happens. But at the same time, there is a God who is hovering, a God who is looking, a God who is loving, a God who's going to help whoever it is that's in trouble, and he will be with them, and he will love them. Kind of like how attentive he was to the chaos of the world. So in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, we find, again, one of the instances where God speaks and something comes into, into motion. And I'm not going to go through each of the days specifically, but you'll see this. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So here is God just leaning into the chaos of this universe and starting to put things together with meaning and purpose. And I'll come back to that part, those two words, in just a second. But here's a, a graphic. I, uh, a pastor put it up, uh, kind of summarized the creation account like this. On the left-hand left side, you see day one, two, and three. And you kind of see the scaffolding, the infrastructure of what God is going to, to make on this earth. And then in days four, five, and six, he starts putting, putting things into the picture like sun, moon, and stars when it comes to light, or fish and birds with water and sky. And then when there was dry ground, then animals and humans. And again, this idea of meaning and purpose, this idea of taking chaos and doing something with it. Can you imagine if Adam and Eve were made on day two? It would not have gone well. So there was thought involved with what God was doing. That's why I believe he uses a, a very interesting word, one that I would not use to describe creation. We find this in verse 4, and we're going to see it several times. God saw that the light was good. Isn't there a better word to describe this brand new thing called light? And I was thinking... In our world, don't we say it's good, better, best? Isn't there some kind of way to compare things? We would not use the word good. But God does. And I think it's intentional so that people like you and I can kind of stop for a moment, take a step back and say, my definition of good is not the same as God's definition of good. Example, even today, Jewish people will say, mazel tov. Anybody know what that means? It really just means good luck. So they're using that word good, and they're just kind of 
laying it out there. But the word good, in context of this account of creation, God was saying something. Let me just go through it again. Here, this is verse 10. God saw that it was good, verse 12. God saw that it was good, verse 18. And God saw that it was good, verse 21. And God saw that it was good. And then verse 31. God saw all that he made, and it was very tov, good. And as I was talking about before, what is good is when God takes chaos and puts meaning and purpose behind it. I'm going to say it again. I want you to listen to this because I think if we just hear those words good and we put our definition on it, we're not going to get the full meaning. And then when I get to the end of the sermon and I'm going to talk about something else, um, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand that. God's good really means there's meaning and purpose and order and God's attentiveness. That is the beauty of it. Now, with all of this said, let me just briefly state a couple things about what's so good about creation. The first one is creation points to science. And I'll be the first to say the Bible is not a science textbook. Too many times if we treat it like that, that's where a lot of dialogue, debate, and I'll just say dissension happens. But I do believe that creation points to science. And you could see certain people throughout history kind of get that picture. Example, Isaac Newton says, the most beautiful system of the sun, planets and comets, comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. Isaac would say it's not just by accident. Or how about Johannes Kepler, kind of a modern-day astronomer? The chief aim of all investigations of the external world should be to discover the rational order and harmony imposed on it by, by God. So even, quote, secular, even people that may on the, uh, the outside kind of know that there's something else out there that is doing something that is remarkable. Or how about Albert Einstein? The compre comprehensibility of the world is a miracle and an eternal mystery. A priori, one should expect a chaotic world which cannot be grasped by the mind in any way. So that there's something out that, there that took the chaos of this world and put it together to have meaning and purpose and order. Somebody is powerful enough to say, let there be, and there was. That's why when I talk about creation, I think the most important part is what second part it says creation points to a creator. It's not just an accident. I remember years ago hearing about the story of a, um, somebody that has this uh, clock. And if you take it all apart, right, and you put it into a bag, and you just sit back and say, let there be a clock, it's not going to happen. Somebody with the know-how needs to step in and put order to it. Me picking up the bag and shaking it together is not going to make it into a clock. But somebody strong enough, 
mighty enough, wise enough, can take all the chaos of this world and put it together with such meaning and purpose that makes it good. Not according to our definition of good, but according to how God do it. God does it. And the last point, what makes it, uh, what's so good about creation? It points to Christ. Jesus himself kind of talks about that when he says, before Abraham was, I am. His existence wasn't limited to those 33 and a half years on this earth. He was there from the beginning of time. And so we see this God who wants to make order out of this world. That's why when we think about creation, we need to think about Christ. Now, I want to bring you back, and like I said, I'm going to talk about what this good means and looks like in, in our life. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 reminds us that the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, I want you to compare that to Jeremiah chapter 4. They are, this is God speaking. They are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. And then Jeremiah leans in and says, I looked at the earth and it was formless and empty and at the heavens and their light was gone. It's almost a reflection back to the Genesis account. Because Jeremiah is seeing God's chosen people, the people that God called, the people that God loved. And now they're kind of doing all sorts of things and it's almost going back the time when there, there was chaos, only chaos in the world. If you go a little further, you're going to see some promises in Jeremiah. In fact, it's repeated two times. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation. That's the reality. And yet I will not make a full end. And then Jeremiah 5. But even in the, those days, declares the Lord, I will not make a full end of you. So no matter how perfect the world was, remember in the word good, God saw it was good. And then when sin kind of took over, it started getting really funky and really bad. And yet we have the promise of Jeremiah that says, okay, I'm not going to make an end of this. But we do know that he's going to do something about it. And that's where this idea of Christ in creation Paul says it this way, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And here's where I want to just bring it, bring it full circle to you and me. If you're sitting here today and you're feeling chaos, whatever that chaos is, I don't know what it is for you. Sometimes it could be a health issue. Right? I'm having this, this back thing and I'm taking meds for it and I'm like, some of you are dealing with cancer. Some of you are dealing with financial issues. Some of you have this chaos, and it's involved in a marriage and a relationship, and it's all messy. But we're told by Paul, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And so I would like to say this. As we put our faith and trust in Jesus... We know that it's going to be good. There will be meaning and purpose in our life. It will be meaning and purpose with our 24-7 and our 365. There's going to be meaning and purpose and good when it comes to relationships. 
and whatever time we have left on this earth, it is a promise that God gives. I will do good because you're my creation and I love you with an everlasting love. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand and let's share together our belief in this God as we use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Well, good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me praising your name no matter what comes. Cause I know where I'd be without your mercy. So I'll keep praising your name at the top of my lungs.
I got a story too good to hide. I was a blind man wandering until I saw the light. Yeah, I got a story I can't deny. I'm a living, breathing miracle, and I just gotta testify.
So lost and afraid When I'm in the dark and can't seem to find my way When I'm feeling lonely in the dead of the night I remember the promise You will be my, 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 my light
counterfeit, I want the realest. Where he come from, you can't get that with a PJ. It's so full inside this house, I feel like DJ. I can't fight it, let your light come shine on me. Ain't no hiding, I'm confiding in your peace. Carrying buckets of shame. Father, I'm saying your name, but so far from it. Come see the blood in my veins. For me, he bleeding the same. Take this covenant, this is the greatest exchange. At his altar, there's a flame that burns your rubbish. Gave me a cup full of rain, he poured it over every stain until he coming. This is life or death. I ain't making music just for fun. Glory to your name, Father. I pray that your kingdom come. And when Satan's on my heels, I pray it's Nike with the run. Make my heart be more like Hezekiah. Say it and it's done. Uh, breakthrough. Lord Jesus, I need breakthrough. I've been doing things that made the Father have to break you. Living in my shame like the Father didn't save you. But I know even in the storm, the water didn't wake you. The water didn't From moment to moment, I, I needed to get where I'm going. I, I needed to fight the opponent. Yeah. The power that moves every mountain protect me when evil surround me. Yeah. I know it's a power living in me. People don't see it, but it's all around me. Woo. Yeah, they told me it's over, I'm finished. Yeah. But God said just wait and bear witness. Wait. He split the red ties, made the dead ride. Just let him handle his business. Yeah. They told me confess and believe. believe. I got so much dirt on my knees. Cause I've been talking to the Lord all day, telling him all of my needs. Right. I need mercy, need grace. grace. Need strength, I need faith.
couldn't see the sun shining.